There's a solitary, humble, wooden structure on a windswept hill in rural New England. To open the door is to engage our minds, our hearts, and our imaginations. In this place, preachers and professors, past and present, come alive as they walk the aisle, ascend the pulpit stairs, and teach. From theology, from history, and from the Word of God, welcome to the Saybrook Meeting House, an audio production of Saybrook Ministries. An excerpt from a sermon by Ebenezer Erskine, delivered in Glasgow, Scotland, on October 8, 1741. His text was Psalm 82, verse 17. I have ordained a lamp for mine anointed. Now, concerning this lamp of gospel light, which God has ordained for the glory of his anointed, I would like first to offer several propositions about it, and second, to tell you of some great and glorious discoveries that are made by it. First, five propositions about the gospel lamp. Proposition one. This lamp was first set up in the purpose of God from eternity, or in the council of peace, when the whole plan of salvation through Christ was laid. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was, before the mountains were settled, while as yet he had not made the earth nor the highest part of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, says Christ, I was by him, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. Proverbs 8, 23-31 Proposition 2 This lamp was first lit in this lower world, immediately after the fall in paradise when a dark and dismal night of woe and misery was spreading itself over our first parents. Then a gleam of light began to break out in the first promise in Genesis 3 verse 15, and afterwards unto Abraham, In thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Proposition 3 the lamp of the gospel shone in types and prophecies during all the Old Testament period, before the coming of Christ in the flesh. It shone, as it were, under a veil, and only among the Jews. As for the Gentiles, except a few proselytes, they were aliens and strangers to the covenant of promise. They sat in darkness and in the regions of the shadow of death. Proposition 4. After the coming of Christ in the flesh, and his resurrection 
and ascension into heaven, the lamp of gospel light was brightened, and the light of it was made more general and extensive. The veil of types, ceremonies, and prophecies was rent, and by the commandment of the everlasting God, carried unto all nations for the obedience of faith, Christ being given of God as a light to enlighten the Gentiles and for salvation to all the ends of the earth. And Proposition 5. Ministers of the gospel are, as it were, the lamp-bearers. They are commissioned by Christ to preach the gospel, to teach all nations. To them the word of reconciliation is committed, and as heralds of the great King, they are to lift up their voice like a trumpet, and proclaim the salvation of God to the ends of the earth. Second, I aim to show 13 discoveries that are made by the light of the gospel lamp. In general, remember that all the discoveries the gospel lamp makes are wholly supernatural. The world by all its wisdom could never have found them out. Here, vain man would be wise, yet he is born as void of gospel wisdom as the wild donkey's colt. Proud men may, and no doubt will, boast of their natural or acquired wisdom and intellectual penetration, as though, by the means of these, they could ransack and unfold the secrets of heaven. And yet even when they are revealed, they cannot know, and cannot receive them. The things of the Spirit of God are foolishness to them. Hence the words of Christ in Matthew eleven twenty-five through 26 I thank thee, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. I shall only mention a few things among many that the gospel discovers, which nature's light could never have discovered, and which proud nature cannot receive when revealed. Discovery number one. By the gospel lamp, we have discovered a trinity of persons in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, three distinct persons, and yet but one God. This is such a hard doctrine to our human reason that Arians, Socinians, and Deists will reject the whole scriptures of truth before they entertain it. Or if they acknowledge the scriptures, they set about to prevent scripture light in order to bring Christ down from his supreme deity among the rank of created beings. For between the creator and a creature there is no middle being. And if Christ be a creature, I would ask what way any creature can make itself, seeing that without him was not anything made that was made. John 1 verse 3. So then I say the gospel lamp discovers the mystery of the Trinity and how each person acts his part in the glorious work of our redemption. Discovery number two. By the light of this lamp, we can look back to eternity past 
and see what God was doing before the foundations of the world were laid. How a council of peace was held with reference to the recovery and salvation of fallen men. How an overture was made that the Son of God should undertake the work of our redemption, that the different claims of mercy and justice might be fully satisfied in the salvation of fallen man, and how the Son of God heartily agreed, saying, Lo, I come, I delight to do thy will, my God. He rejoiced in the habitable parts of the earth, and his delights were with the sons of men. Without the gospel, men could never have known this. But the lion of the tribe of Judah, he opened the book and disclosed the grand secret and orders it to be published unto the ends of the earth. Discovery number three. The gospel lamp discovers the glorious mystery of the incarnation of the Son of God in the fullness of time. As a consequence of this glorious transaction, angels admire and adore a God in our nature. Let all the angels of God worship him, as Hebrews says. Discovery number four. By the gospel lamp, we have another mystery opened, even the substitution of the Son of God in the place of the guilty sinner, by which means our iniquities come to be laid upon him. The just suffered for the unjust. He is the ram caught in the thickets and sacrificed in the stead of the sinner. Discovery number five. By the gospel lamp only, we know of a law-fulfilling righteousness brought into this world, where there is none righteous, no, not one. And what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Romans 8. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Romans 10. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5. What a high discovery is this for us, especially considering that this righteousness of our surety, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, is brought near to everyone in the everlasting gospel, that they may put it on and improve it for their justification before God. Discovery number six. By the gospel lamp, we shall see great and glorious mysteries in the death and blood of Christ. As Samson found a honeycomb in the lion that he had slain, so may we find the great and soul-nourishing mysteries of the grace, love, mercy, and wisdom of God in the death and blood of the Lamb of God. Here we may see the justice of God satisfied for the sin of man by a sacrifice of infinite value. The anger of God turned away and God declaring himself to be a God of peace through the blood of his eternal Son. Here we see the head of the old serpent bruised, that Leviathan slain, 
and given to be meat to those who inhabit the wilderness of this world. Meat indeed, and drink indeed. Here we may see a new and living way opened and consecrated, that we may enter into the holiest with full assurance of acceptance. Discovery number seven. The gospel lamp discovers a mystery in the resurrection of Christ from the dead. There is more of God and of his infinite power and wisdom in the resurrection of Christ than if all Adam's posterity were raised out of their graves in the twinkling of an eye. Christ is said by his resurrection to be declared to be the Son of God with power. Romans 1. And that power of the Father, whereby he was raised, had an exceeding greatness in it, and was a mighty power. Ephesians 1. The load of sin and wrath that lay upon the grave of our surety would have sunk all the angels in heaven and all the men upon earth to the lowest hell. Yet Christ, by his divine power, rises from under this load, bears away our iniquities, and leaves them buried in his grave behind him, and death itself swallowed up in victory. Discovery number eight. The gospel lamp lets us see a mystery in his ascension into heaven. The most glorious solemnity that ever the inhabitants of all the spiritual world saw which made them all cry out and shout, God is gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. This world saw little solemnity in Christ's returning to heaven after he had finished the great work of man's redemption. But angels and glorified saints who were then arrived at heaven, they saw his chariots of state attending him. The chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them, as in Sinai, in the holy place. Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts for men. Psalm 68 Discovery number 9 The Gospel Lamp lets us see a mystery in his appearance for us in heaven. How he appears there as our representative and high priest within the veil, with much incense offering up the prayers of all the saints. How he states himself as our advocate with the Father to plead our cause and to repel all complaints given against us by the accuser of the brethren. He is able to save to the uttermost seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Hebrews 7. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He appears for us before the bar, not as a suppliant, but as one having authority. Father, says the advocate, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, 
which thou hast given me. John 17. Discovery number 10. By the gospel lamp, there is a discovery made of a new and better covenant established in Christ as a second Adam. Better than that which was made with the first Adam, even a covenant of grace and promise, which being confirmed by the death of Christ is now set out in its last and best edition, namely, as a testamentary deed. Everything in and about this covenant is wonderful and mysterious. The Trinity transacted in it with Christ as a second Adam from eternity. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Psalm 89. It was a covenant gradually manifested unto us, and it has undergone the variety of dispensations under the Old and New Testament, yet it is still the same covenant. The absolute freedom of this covenant unto us, no conditions or qualifications required on our part to interest us in it, the proper condition of it being already fulfilled in the obedience and death of Christ, it comes out to us absolutely free. I will be their God. I will sprinkle them with clean water and they shall be clean. I will take away the heart of stone. The way a sinner is brought within the bonds of this covenant is only owing to the gospel lamp or light, namely, by faith, not of the operation of man, but of the operation of God in a day of power. He just makes the sinner willing to be saved without money and without price upon the footing of free grace reigning in and through an imputed righteousness. Discovery number 11. Through the gospel lamp, we come to know the mystery of regeneration or the new birth, which so startled and confounded Nicodemus, a teacher in Israel, that he babbles and speaks stark nonsense when Christ proposes it to him. Can a man, says he, be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? The case is just the same with a great deal of the men in our day. They are ready to brand the doctrine of conversion and regeneration with the character of an excited delusion. But let such remember that the God of truth has said it. And except they know and feel it on their own souls, they cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Discovery number 12. The gospel lamp discovers the way of justification for an ungodly sinner by an imputed righteousness. This discovery is wholly supernatural which the Apostle Paul valued so highly and gloried so much in, that when compared with the knowledge hereof, he reckoned everything else as so much dross and dung. And discovery number 13. The mystery of sanctification is discovered by the gospel lamp. 
how Christ is made of God unto us sanctification, and how, by the great and precious promises, we are made partakers of the divine nature, and by beholding the glory of the Lord in the glass of the gospel, we are changed into the same image. How the heart is purified by faith in Christ, our old man crucified in him, and the body of sin destroyed. In a word, to summarize, by the light of the gospel lamp, we may see in through the veil of death and mortality, and behold life and immortality brought to light. For, says the apostle, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. By the gospel lamp and the eye of an enlightened understanding, we may see the Jordan of death divided and a passage opened for the Israel of God into the promised land of glory where we shall be forever with the Lord. By this lamp we may look to the end of time and see Christ coming to judge the world. He will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear the voice of the Son of Man and shall come forth. By this gospel lamp we may see all that sleep in their graves raised up again, some to the resurrection of eternal life and others to the resurrection of everlasting damnation. Some are seen like condemned prisoners, brought out of jail and to the place of execution. And whenever they see the judge upon his white throne, they cry to the rocks and mountains to fall on them, to hide them from his angry face. Whilst others are beheld lifting up their head because the day of their redemption is come and crying to one another, let us be glad and rejoice for the marriage of the Lamb is come. Revelation 19 By this lamp we may see the righteous like so many suns shining in the kingdom of their Father with robes made white in the blood of the Lamb crying, Salvation to our God that sits upon the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week at the Saybrook Meeting House. We hope you've been blessed by today's podcast. Saybrook Ministries' mission is to provide didactic and devotional content from the Christian faith delivered to the saints, recovered and refined by the Protestant Reformation. Be sure to visit saybrookministries.org as well as our Facebook and Twitter pages 
for continually updated Christian content designed to inspire and invigorate our imagination and intellect. Join us next week for another journey to the Saybrook Meeting House. Until then, may God bless you.